This week, we show you why you shouldn't get your honey where you make your money. We're talking plant hoes and not the house variety. Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, so for those of you that saw on the Facebook, um, my gothic ass took a uh, trip to Detroit last weekend for Pride, and Detroit did not like me that much. It must be because I keep talking shit about Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Burnt your ass. <laughs> yes. Uh, beyond, beyond crispy. So in retaliation, naturally, because I'm Scorpio, I'm going to bring you guys a case from Michigan Yay. and a real gnarly one. So um, we're going to take a trip, though. We're going to we're not going to be in Detroit. This is going to be a little bit farther out. We're going to travel up north, way the fuck up north. Uh-oh. Like I'm talking the UP, the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Have you ever been there? No, sadly. And I was relatively close to up there like living in Toledo and I never traveled there and I always wanted to because I hear it's really beautiful didn't you go to um like a bachelorette party I went to Traverse in Northern City. Michigan though yep okay well Traverse isn't that far away from this yeah okay so my family had a hunting cabin that was in Petoskey which is up near the UP so I did see the Mackinac Bridge mm. which is what you have to take to get yeah. to the UP but we never got to actually go onto the onto the island or whatever okay so for those who don't know this the up is like a super thick heavy forest dense rural fucking area you have to cross the mackinac bridge as i just said to get onto this and the mackinac bridge is scary as fuck because it because it's so high in elevation it actually you can like they have my dad told me they have holes in it so that way when it sways from the wind or whatever it does it like doesn't sway as much or, or bust. Oh, I guess. fuck all of that shit. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm, I'm adventurous, but a bitch ain't that adventurous. <laughs> you see them like yeah, so, uh, those videos and stuff of the bridges swaying real bad, like in the early 1900s. I'm like, oh, hell no. See. Well, yeah. And well, the Mackinac Bridge actually has he. My dad says that you it's fucking terrifying to drive on it for the first time mm-hmm. because you can see like the whole you can see through the bottom on both sides of where the cars drive. Oh, wow. I'm like, mm, none for me, thanks. But I actually saw um, that on Dr. Pole. Like, they do, like, a charity walk or whatever on the Mackinac Bridge. And it's, like, yeah, graded. Is, like, there's, yeah. Yeah, right. graded. Okay, yeah. But, um, so we're going to travel across that bridge, and we're going to talk about the UP a little bit, because, I mean, I feel like there was a lot that I didn't really know just because I haven't traveled there. I've been close, you know, dip my toe in the water, but kind of ran the other way screaming. <laughs> so for those who don't know, uh, here's some things you can do in the UP uh, in case my telenovela of a fucking case I'm going to bring you makes you feel real froggy. And you're like, you know what? Let's take a vacation day from the plant and let's go up there and visit and see what's going on. <laughs> All you know? right. Yep. Uh, okay. So you can explore over a hundred plus miles of hiking trails biking like foot hiking all that fun stuff so if you're a nature guru like and that's your thing you know oh, this is a premium place yeah lots great. of 
lots of swimming, obviously. Yep. Um, you can check out the local eats. There's tons. I found tons of restaurants on there. There's um, really eclectic little like kitschy joints. There's, you know, gastro pubs. There's tapas, steakhouses. Oh, wow. You know, all the millennial centric hipster necessities, man. <laughs> vegan places, oh, you know, all that shit. A good vegan place. You grab, right. Vegan and craft beer and, you know, all that shit. All up there. Speaking of joints, they're, uh, the greenery is uh, well stocked and very legal in Michigan. So if that is your um, extracurricular choice, Michigan's a, a hot spot for that. Yeah, it is now. Um, yeah, and uh, population of the UP from, I kind of took it from the 2020 census where I got a lot of this information because I tried to look it up and Kudos to fucking small town murder because trying to find town like stats is fucking difficult. It is. I thought it was going to be easier, but it was really hard. So, you know, especially if you're I, way out there. Right. I applaud you guys. So it says that the actual like residential occupants of the UP only takes up 3% of all of Michigan as a state as a whole. They're um, like residents. Oh, so. Okay. There's not a lot of people that live there. It's, I mean, it's pretty rural. It's fucking However, cold it's up a, there. Right. Yuck. So it's a tourism fucking hot spot in the summer, obviously, like I said, with the hiking, the, the nature bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of jumped off in 2004. This is when they made this a hipster hotspot for microbreweries. There is right. 27 on the fucking island. 20 fucking seven. Damn. Are you trying to be like Putin Bay? Because literally you can't. Putin Bay is better. <laughs> Just saying. Um, That's a lot though. Yeah. So they tried to dabble in fucking casinos also because casinos are big in Michigan. But they kind of fell short because all the casinos were, they tried to attach them to hotels. Oh. And they turned into like one room little like, you know, the the little, a bunch of slot machines that you can smoke in. Like, what are those things that you, oh. you have in Ohio where it's like a, um, I can't, like an internet cafe type thing? Yes. Yep. I was just going to say yeah. that. So, yeah. So it's kind of like a CD, like, eh, whatever. There's nothing else to do in this hotel type thing. Oh, they, right. tr- they tried, but it, it, it failed. It's like a little uh, corridor. So pro- <laughs> That's it. Right. Right, the conference room. They're like, fuck the conferences. We aren't getting a lot of traffic with that. We're not doing any so, of that shit. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but um, crime rate is super low in the Upper Peninsula. It actually was voted the safest place to live in the whole state of Michigan. And as you know, with places like Flint and Detroit, you know, there's not a whole lot of super safe spots in Michigan. So if you want to live in that state, this is the place to go where you want to raise a family and, you know, live amongst the hipsters and the uh, animals, I suppose. I guess. I mean, shit, be one with nature because that's pretty much all it is. Most literally. And actually, however, as of the year 2000, there, even though the crime rate is so low, there is about 9,700 black bears that are in the UP alone. Uh, These are stats from the DNR. Uh, Not to mention roughly about 700 wolves that are roaming freely in the streets, in the residential areas. In the streets. Um, Wolves in the streets. Fuck. Jeez. They they also have some other furry friends like uh, the Canadian lynx, bobcats, and cougars, which are also wherever the hell they want to be. Wolves are actually a huge current problem within the last, like, two years. And 
the population of wolves is steadily increasing. Those wolves are out there. They're fucking, they're making babies, and it is getting to be a real big problem. A whole um, ass problem. Wow. It's kind of like Florida with the gator situation. It's oh, kind of right. Michigan with the wolves, you know? Damn. It's wild out there. So if you, It's real fucking <laughs> wild. So if you're wondering why I didn't mention any winter festivities, like these were like the summer festivities, it's because you literally cannot cross the Mackinac Bridge to get to the UP during the winter. Because they close it off completely. Um, like I said, with the like the graded bridge that you have to cross, mm-hmm. the ice is so thick and slick, like your car, it's not safe to travel on it. Fuck no. And not to mention the the wind flow, you literally like are blowing in the wind. It's And you know what's crazy this- too is like this guy that I used to work with at the plant up in Toledo, he goes up there all the time. He loves the snow and everything. And actually it gets so cold uh, that people snowmobile to the island because it freezes yeah Yeah. you can actually travel with snowmobiles so like we used to go and travel to petoskey at literally every christmas day probably like the first 15 years of my life like we would always travel on christmas day and stay until you know after new year's and we go up there and it's up to the hunting cabin but there is like six to ten foot of snow. Oh, hell yeah. In those times, like, like easily, like it's not like how it is here. And it's, it's Michigan cool to winters visit. are fucking, they're <laughs> fucking beautiful too. Yeah. Like nobody does winter and snow like Michigan, Ohio. It's like a sloppy, sludgy garbage dumpster <laughs> fire of fucking s- garbage mess. And Michigan, it's like, I don't know, the winter wonderland, how it just sits on the trees so pretty and their their snow is packing snow. You know, yeah. I mean, good I mean, for them. They at least have, they have like they got Christmas up there, like their whole what what's the town called? Frankenmuth. Oh, Frankenmuth? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, they have rooftop landings up there with all the reindeer and all the Santas come. It's like a big Santa convention. I mean, they do it up there for Christmas for real. Yeah, I mean if they're living with such a shitty football team, they have to have something, you know, Aww. so give them Santa, give them winter. Oh man. But you know what? I, I know. I, missed, I, ha- I had to throw an extra jab in there. I had to throw an extra I missed the, the snow for Christmas. Cause down here in Texas, this shit's like 65 degrees. It's so weird. <laughs> right. Right. So we kind of talked about what's going on there. We obviously have decided it's pretty rural. So I looked up kind of like, career wise like what are people fucking doing with their time because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people but it's also a tourist place so there's got to be some sort of jobs the only the only jobs they have year round that you can work there or careers quote unquote obviously real estate is a big one there Mm. um yeah timeshares and like vacation homes in the summer it's other than that it's literally a melting fucking pot of customer service bullshit jobs and it's like fuck Ugh. man like you're not even making a, you know much above minimum wage so the only way that people in that area i mean it, it the poverty rate is is pretty fucked up it's actually higher than the national average which is 14.4 it's at 15.6 so like oh, wow. the poverty rate is a little higher there it's not terrible but it's a little higher so the only way you can make actual money is working in a factory i mean we live well you don't yeah. live here anymore but we live in the rust belt of the fucking u.s you know i mean factories are it, especially michigan that is oh I mean, yeah 
But um, the factories that they had or they have in the UP are mostly like mining and quarry type factories. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, this is actual fucking work. No shit. So, that ain't no real right. light work. <laughs> no, not at all. So this telenovela starts with, you know, a good-looking uh, 53-year-old man by the name of Chris Reagan. Mm-hmm. He was a hardworking, easygoing dude. I sent you the picture. I mean, if you want to describe him to everybody. Yeah. As he's, well. um, honestly, when you sent me the picture, I was like, I, I promise you I've seen this guy before because he's just like a typical good-looking guy. He's starting to go gray a little bit. He's He's got a receding hairline or whatever, so he's just like a typical good-looking older look man. Like, right, uh, like every fucking Midwestern, you know, average Joe. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's what he looks like, yeah. right? So, okay. So he actually is from Detroit, born, raised Detroit, and actually left to be in the service. So he's a vet. And when he came back from the service, he came back to Detroit and was like, fuck this. I don't want to be in this city. This city just keeps getting worse. So he relocated to a place called Iron River, which is in the UP of Michigan. Mm. Um, And that's actually, he moved there with his girlfriend, which is also in the picture. And if you want to describe her, her name is Terry. Okay, Miss Terry here. She's, um, she's got a short blonde haircut. She's, I mean, she's smiling at the camera. They're like, it's like a couple photo. So she's just smiling at the camera and she's just it's like typical blonde. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Soccer mom from the fucking Midwest. Yeah, right. Nothing I mean, remarkable, like, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess. There you go. I love how you said nothing remarkable because they're, they're very much like average Midwestern couple. Like, I mean, they're cute, whatever, but it's like you can see a hundred of them if you travel anywhere. Right. So he obviously, like I said, he had an off and on relationship with her for a long time. He's divorced. She's also divorced. And then they met as adults and built their life together. Um, Her parents actually own a lot of real estate in the Upper Peninsula. So they were wanting to start anew. She didn't like Detroit. He didn't either. So they decided to go to the UP, Mm. relocated, and and started their life there. Okay. So our our story that we're going to talk about, like where we're going to bring it in at, is on October 27th of 2014. And Terry reports her boyfriend, Chris, missing. Uh oh. Um, That's no good. Yeah. Especially way the fuck up so there. Like, right. So, like I said, the couple, they were longtime partners, but they, they had a couple of spats here and there, and they recently had an argument and hadn't talked for less than 24 hours, but it was like he pretty much broke it off with her. Oh. And, you, you know, but they were. You know, off and on, whatever. I mean, we've all been there. The it, same it, old song and dance. You're going to leave and then it, tomorrow you're going to cool off and come back and we're going to talk about it. And it, yeah. I mean, I saw different. I didn't want to say how long they've been together, but because I found different like articles that said different things. Mm-hmm. I saw 10 years. I saw 14. Regardless, it's longer than any relationship I've ever been in. So they've been together for a while. <laughs> um, Burn. But even at right, even after the fight, like. They hadn't talked for 24 hours and she started to get a little concerned because she's like, okay, we normally have this little spat and we normally start talking after that. You know, no big fucking deal. Yeah. He usually comes back. 
But it was, okay, so it's the 27th right now when she calls and reports him missing. She hasn't spoken to him or text or anything since the 14th. And now she's like hella worried. She's like, this is way too long. Our fight wasn't that bad. And he isn't fucking talking to me. Like this is, you know, I'm I'm getting a little worried. Right. So he just left out of nowhere. Like no clothes, yeah, no nothing. Like, he just leaves. R- right. She h- hasn't talked to him. Hmm. So her his landlords are actually Terry's parents. Like I said, they have a lot of real estate up there. Um, so Terry's parents are Chris's landlord. And she went and talked to her parents and and you know, you know how I mean. Let's be honest. We've all been there. It's like, let's find a reason to just show up over there or whatever. I mean, depends on what flavor (laughs) of crazy you are. But so she decided to go and run a little errand for her parents. uh, Landlord. I'm I'm giving air quotes. Landlord uh, shit. She needed to do. Right. So she showed up at his house and nothing seemed awry, but it looked like he was obviously packing to move. Um, But there wasn't. I mean, the door was locked. There wasn't anything that seemed out of place it just was kind of weird like huh. he just wasn't fucking there right so she went by the the house and and kind of noticed that and then she thought mm, well I'm not really sure what to do called her parents her parents said listen you know we are landlords you need to bring the police by let's make it legal let's not you know let, let's not fucking act crazy here right yeah. um so without without delay she went and contacted the local police and they accompanied her to the house and they were able to get into the house because obviously her parents are the landlord she's got the keys right right so um you know they're just putting a pillow under her head of crazy at this point uh, <laughs> so, so they're inside the house and they found clear evidence like i said before that he was packing to move he um he was preparing for a full a full house move like 90 percent of his shit was packed in boxes um, oh, so it wasn't just wasn't like a, a vacation or anything. Like he was moving. No, moving. no, 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 no. He was getting the fuck out. Oh. Um, he, yeah, there wasn't a lot in the fridge. There was like, but there wasn't any like dirty dishes in the sink. Like things didn't seem awry. It just seemed like he's packing, you know? Right. But there was like on his table and his desk where his phone like his house phone was at uh had different like notes and things like things to pack or i don't know just random little lists like all around the house okay um like cancel the electric do this shit you gotta do before you're about to make yeah yeah, make a big move however they did come across a piece of mail that was on the table that was asking for chris's signature to accept a position, a new position, um, a transfer position for his job in North Carolina. Uh-oh. And this was actually the fuel of the fight that they had before they quit talking was he was going to move to North Carolina because he was given a promotion through his through the plant he worked at. She didn't like that because obviously she wanted to stay in the UP. She wanted, for whatever fucking reason, she wanted to be there. He didn't. He thought it was very limiting, whatever. He was ready to go do something else. Smart man. So, right. So he was very adamant about like, I'm going to do this whether you want to come or not and gave her kind of an ultimatum. So it was really weird that he had not signed the job acceptance paper that he was supposed to either fax or email back. I don't know. Okay. 2014, whatever kind of fucking technology. One of those. You know, um. Not snail mail, but he was supposed to be doing something to say, yeah, I'm doing this. So he was already like physically planning to go, but hadn't signed the official paperwork. Mm, Okay. So 
Another important piece of info was that that we should mention is Chris is a big car fanatic, as a lot of people are in Michigan. You know, oh, classic um, his cars, dad, probably, huh? Well, his dad would uh, spent his entire life working at the Ford plant, so oh yeah, loved cars. You know, so he grew up, you know, around cars, Got knowing it. how to work on cars. Um, so he did. So Chris's car uh, that he had, you know, I mean. He's 53. He's divorced. He's got, you know, his his younger girlfriend. They moved away. He got himself a, a fucking snazzy car that he likes to take to shows and oh, stuff. Yeah, his car was his fucking hot rod or something. Yeah. His car was his fucking baby. Like that was, I mean, Terry talked to multiple news outlets that she wasn't allowed to eat in the car. Like he was super anal about his car. Oh yeah, I bet. So when Chris's car was reported to law enforcement sitting at the park and ride for the fucking general transit of the area for over two weeks with no disturbance, no movement, nothing. This was a huge red flag Fuck to Terry. yeah, dude. She, right? Like, she's like, oh, no. Like, he keeps that, like, he rented specifically a place that had a garage. You know, like, this, this car does not sit outside, let alone at a fucking park and ride for you know he's not going to take general transit like he's not going to take the fucking bus to go to work you know exactly inside this car there was a lot of personal items that should have been physically like on his body that was cause for concern for example the big one that really made terry kind of freak out was his knee brace so he had had knee surgery and he couldn't work or walk very long without his knee bothering him so he had to have this brace Mm -hmm. he was I guess he had pins or something in it. Uh, Ouch. Yeah. Or he was like prepping for another surgery. I found different articles that said different things. Whatever. He was supposed to be wearing this fucking brace. His knee was fucked up. Let's just call it how it is. (laughs) Right. It's all that plant life work, man. Fuck. Fuck you up. Right. Exactly. So the fact that that was in there and seeing Terry's reaction of the fact, you know what I mean? That that brace was in there, that the car was at the parking ride. Police are like, I got a bad feeling about this. Like Uh, something's not sitting right. Uh, I do too. (laughs) So they called and had his car towed and sent for forensic testing. They're like, all right, we're going to see it. You know, what the hell's going on with this car? Like what's going on? So the park and ride location was just outside of the woods. Obviously we already talked about rural area, lots of fucking woods in this, you know, in the UP, but anybody who has been to this area knows that, This section of the woods near the park and ride is sketchy as fuck. It's not one to fuck with. It is like the DNR doesn't uh, patrol it very often. So those animals that I talked about that like to roam free, they like to uh, house up and set up camp in this woods right beside the park and ride. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So like this is the type of thing where it's like the parents are like telling their teenage kids don't drive and park over there. Like, you know. There's, you know, not because there's crime, but because there's bear attacks. There's coyotes. There's, there's literal wildlife that, that's going to eat you. <laughs> right. Um, like, this is, like, a very desolate place. Not only that, but I don't, like I said, I we used to go there every year. I don't know if you've ever been in the woods of Michigan, but it's they're very hard to navigate. And I come from a family of like, we're big hunters. Like I have been hunting since I was 12. So I know how to properly navigate um, the woods, you know, especially in like the snow or the, the fall, whatever. I know what to look for markers or whatever. 
But those Michigan ones, they're fucking terrifying. Yeah. There's creeks everywhere that are kind of like covered. I mean, there's lots of like slip trip fall things and they're so densely wooded that it's hard to see bears. It's hard to see, you know, coyotes. It's hard to see wolves, all that shit. Like it's, it's not. That's their territory. I mean, they know how to navigate it better than fucking anyone. And you will get snuck up on out there. Not to mention is like the, I don't know how to describe this. Everything looks the same. Yes. There. Camouflage. So it's, it, it's hard. It's, it's so fucking easy to get lost. Mm-hmm. It, I got lost one time when we were up at, at the cabin and I was like maybe 14, like just thinking it was cool to like, we were just playing like on the outskirts of our cabin, you know? And my dad always said, don't fucking go in the woods. Don't do this. And you know, like 14 year olds don't give a fuck. What, they're like, <laughs> oh, no, oh, sure. Know, I can I do it. Doing. No. And thankfully I had an obnoxiously like bright pink snowsuit or I probably would have gotten lost because I trailed off a little bit too far and couldn't find my way back. And our cabin was green. So that, you know, just meshed in with the surroundings. But like it was, it, I, it felt like it didn't take anything for me to lose track of where I was oh, supposed to be going. Yeah. You're all turned around. You don't know which way to head yeah. back. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. I've been there, but not there, not up there. Right. So this area beside the, the park and ride, like was like that. It was, oh, you know, no. you don't cut through this area at right. all. So law enforcement, they they took his car. They also were able to pull some CC footage from the outside of the building of the park and ride. Mm-hmm. And at 4 p.m., Chris was on the camera. He was getting fuel at a local gas station that was about a block away from the park and ride. So it, it's a and you can find this on YouTube. Actually, I found the CC footage. It's super brief. Literally, he was only on the premises for four minutes and 13 seconds. You can see him. It's Yeah, and the CC footage is coming from inside the gas station. So you can see him pull up in his car, get gas, come in, drop money on the the counter, and leave. That's it. Oh, wow. So he's a fat, but that's a fast gas pump. Right. (laughs) And at this point, it looked like. Chris just said kind of, I mean, from what they're gathering with that CC footage, whatever his car was of it, it kind of just looked like he said, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm peacing out. Right. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm leaving. You know, right. I don't give a fuck about my girlfriend of 10 to 14 years. I don't give a fuck about my car. Like I'm literally disappearing. Huh. But when they asked, you know, his friends or whatever, this, he just wasn't that type of guy. He wasn't like, they couldn't pinpoint something that pissed him off that bad to where that would be you know something that he would do he's had enough and just leaves yeah not a lot of people are like that right right the local pd ended up after they brought in the car for forensics and saw that cc footage they were like uh we're we're just gonna we're gonna call in some reinforcements because obviously you know population is low there so i'm sure their police department wasn't as equipped as say Detroit you know right yeah I'm trying to say that as as nice as possible (laughs) so they called in some assistance except first on the agenda before that happened they decided that Terry seems fucking guilty I don't know we need to bring in somebody collateral damage let's fucking come on you're you're the main suspect in his disappearance 
yeah. come on in, Terry. You know, like you're you're too adamant about finding out what's going on. That's and I'm good thinking, that they did that. Yeah, that's good. But I'm thinking from her point of view, I'm like, damn, like, I mean, I've been ghosted before. That shit pisses you <laughs> off, you know, like. Right. I can't imagine after 10, four, 10 to 14 years uh, being ghosted like that and after having a conversation about the love of your life is literally going to move like hundreds of miles across states like to go take another job. I don't know. Yeah, but it's been two weeks. You can think about that shit and then simmer down a little bit. But it's good, know. though. I feel like it's good because I don't think that enough women get questioned when there's something going on in a relationship and there's something someone's missing. Men get questioned all the time. The boyfriend's the first one you ask or whatever. But women, they're like, oh, that's okay. And they like coddle you a little bit. Like there's some fucking whack jobs out there too, you know? You know what? That's a fucking solid point. I, okay, okay. Seeing it from that point of view, I get that. I agree. That, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, okay. Even if she wasn't guilty or so, she didn't have anything to do with it, at least they were like, yeah, you know what, Broad, you're getting in the car. Right, okay. Because we got some questions. All right, I see it from a different point of view. I, I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Um. So as the state boys, they're brought in to, you know, help out the local PD. Uh, mm-hmm. They're bringing in Terry for inve- uh, interrogation. Investigation. Interrogation. And she's going to be questioned One of those. by... Right. Or both. She's going to be questioned by both local PD and the state boys. She, as as she's being questioned, asking all these things, you know, like repeating, you know, oh, yeah, we moved here for this, blah, blah, all that bullshit. She did let it slip that, well, he might be seeing somebody else. Maybe he's seeing somebody else. Oh. And at first, oh. at first they kind of, she danced around it to where they're like, is she just being hateful or does she really know something? Is she, you know? Yeah. And she, so they kind of ask her a couple of different questions and try and get around it. And then she is like, well, I searched on his phone and I also searched on his laptop and found out that he's in these chat rooms and he's talking to other women. Oh, no. And then her crazy just dances out in front of everybody. Uh, she basically <laughs> verbally snaps and just, vomits out everything like i'm getting real sick and tired of him doing this shit and he's always talking to these other bitches but we all know the song and dance we all know what it is oh sis shut the fuck up so (laughs) so so terry got her uh one-way ticket to a fucking polygraph after that fucking uh interrogation yeah we got more questions ma'am Come come take a seat over here. <laughs> so before we get into that part, I just want to sidebar real quick um, because I've watched four documentaries on this case and I've also read multiple articles. Like I said, some were shitty, some were, were good. But I just want to give like a high five, like huge mention to the real fucking OG in this entire fucking case. And her name is Laura Frizzo. And she was the law enforcement officer Basically, she was like the main one in the case, even though she was treated like shit. She was a female because the local PD were like, oh, we don't need, you know, just really misogynistic. And she basically like hauled ass, had the biggest balls of everybody throughout the whole fucking case. So I just want to. Yeah, yeah. she got something to prove, too. Right. Yeah. Right. So we'll get more into her. But I just want to want to sidebar and say, like, she's the real fucking OG. She's the winner of all this shit. All right. So she was local PD and she was part of the reason they called in state because she, you know, called in reinforcements. 
But right. when state came in, it caused a big friction because the state boys didn't like the fact that it was a girl on the force calling them in. And they were like, oh, it's okay, sweet tits. We'll take care of this. We, we got this. You just sit down and, you know, go make us a fucking sandwich and we'll take over the case. So, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. And there's lots of interviews with them on some of the documentaries I watch. Like, it's fucking gross. It's really fucking gross. And this is fucking mm. 2014, guys. Come on. Like, seriously. It's not that far. So the state boys came in and they're like, instead of helping the situation, they made it entirely worse on another fucking realm of where it should have been. They sidebarred and made it a whole like men versus women thing. They were more focused on the fact that they wanted to belittle her versus like finding out what the fuck happened to Chris. Oh my God, get the fuck over yourselves right. and just do your jobs. So they basically also gave Frizzo, I'm going to refer to her as a Frizzo uh, from now on, but like, I like it. They, right, like Miss Frizzo vibes and shit. Miss Frizzo. I lo- right. I like it. <laughs> so she, they basically told her she needed to shut her mouth, sit down and, and, you know, look cute and sit over there. And we got this. The fuck we'll, I do. Right. You called us in here. So you obviously needed our help. Like all that shit. She said, yeah, we ain't manned up. Right. Right. She she said, fuck that. She's going to put together her own press release, even though they threatened her job if she did it. And she said, fuck it. She did it anyways. And this actually brought in the first tip that came through on the case. So this first tip came through on Dale Basser. Dale was actually Chris's neighbor. He lived in a duplex. So Chris was or uh, Dale was on the other side of Chris's house or duplex. Okay. And Dale said that Chris was a very temperamental guy and he was always angry and always seemed to be yelling on the phone to somebody. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, that's not good. Uh-oh, Terry. Uh-oh, <laughs> not good. <sighs> Dale's landlords also happen to be Terry's parents, obviously. They just shoved their way into the you know, investigations, all this stuff, whether it was because they wanted to be on TV or the fact that, like, their daughter was being interrogated. I don't know. It didn't really say. But they forced their way in the case oh. with Dale, um, quote-unquote, as their as his landlord. At, you know, that that was the route they were taking. So, oh, okay. So the, the cops, they decided they were going to look into Dale. Dale, when they showed up at Dale's house, Dale was real big and heavy on the phone. But when they came to his house, uh, he kind of like curled up and played real stupid. He just was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't remember. I can't recall that type of bullshit. Sure. But he did agree to take a polygraph. So they took him in um, and gave him a polygraph. And it turns out he did have a solid alibi. It was confirmed. He was out of state, whatever. So Dale, whether he was a very credible witness, we don't really know. But he didn't have anything to do with Chris's disappearance. Okay. So we hit a dead end again. Now the the state boys are telling Frizzo, maybe we should just close the case. Maybe he's, I mean, he's 53. He just left, whatever. His girlfriend's obviously a psycho. Let You know, let's just close it down. We're good. She said, fuck that. We're going to go talk to the people that he works with. She's like, no, I'm going to do, you know, what I have to do. So then her sergeant, uh, I could get this wrong. I don't know if it's a sergeant is like the main guy or is it lieutenant? I don't know. The main guy, her boss in the local PD, 
<laughs> I know I'm I'm gonna get so much flack for this, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> you better look it up, uh, damn it. I know. Um, so I'm, I was like, I'm trying to think SVU. Which one is it? But I just I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> God, I'm not oh doing no. well. Um, so they basically told her, you know, I think you better just calm down on the case. Let's let it go. The state said this. You know, come on, sweetheart. Let's let it go. But it doesn't happen here. It seems like this shit does not happen here and something is not right. Right. Which is what she thought. So she said, fuck this. Okay. I'm sorry if you guys heard my cat. Um, He just wanted in. He he was just sick of the bullshit, too. You know, he was like, something's wrong here. Um, Something ain't right. I'm coming in to investigate. God damn it. Meow, meow, meow. Right. So (laughs) they ended up contacting Frizzo ended up contacting Chris's work, which was the Oldenburg group. And as it okay. as it turns out, Chris wasn't the as likable guy at work. Uh, the guys in the plan oh. didn't really fucking like him too much. He had a lot of enemies. Um, and oh no, that's not good. This is this is is that why they wanted him to be to move up and get the fuck out of there? Well, maybe. So this is where I'm going to welcome all of your comments because I mean, you can let the listeners know who don't know you've worked at GM for many, many moons. Plant life is yeah. is your <laughs> literal life. Yeah, I I do. I work at a factory. I've worked there the last. It'll be ten years in November. So I'm well versed in plant drama. Right, and you've worked at multiple GM plants. So you know you've seen the same oh, song yeah, and dance. Get all flavors. Right. And I've worked at a couple of plants myself, uh, so I'm no stranger to it as well. So this here's where we're going to, it's going to get fun. So they, they didn't fucking, they don't fucking like him there. Why don't they like him? Um, I want to know. So he's always bitching. He's always moaning, talking about his fucking girlfriend problems. Aww. He's eating people's lunches out of the break room. Oh my fuck that, dude. He also fuck that. He also came in, obviously he lived in Detroit and then he just moved up there and got promoted hella fast. As in like didn't even hit his probationary period and got promoted and brought to full time while there was multiple people that were there as quote unquote seasonal help that were waiting for years to be promoted to full time. So Oh, he's got enemies. Yes, yeah. he has got definite enemies. That sucks. Is it okay? So I don't know if you looked into this plant specifically, but is it skill based or is it purely seniority based? Because that makes a huge difference too. I I didn't I didn't look into it yet. Um, maybe you can do that for oh, okay. the later the latter part. But um, I I'll definitely look it up because I I want to know because mine is seniority based. So you get a job based on your seniority where you fall in line. If somebody if you have a bed, bidding war going on. And I got higher seniority. I get the job. It's just how it is. So I'm curious to know. Yeah, but he um got promoted basically fresh out the fucking gate off the street. I mean, I worked for a union job with Kroger and, you know, they hire like they do in factories. They hire seasonal help and you got to put in your time and then you kind of like fingers crossed, hope the fuck that you didn't do anything wrong and you get hired as a full time employee. That's when you get your benefits. That's when you get your pension, all that shit. Right. That yep, he, yeah, I know all about that. We interrupt your regularly scheduled debauchery to talk to you about some other cool cats. Hey, my name is Lucas. 
So thank you, NBA, for fucking the Timberwolves over and not giving... They have zero, uh, zero nationally televised games the rest of the yeah. week. And my name is Jason. Things that men love or like in this world. And when I say stuff like that, my examples would be like boobs, butts, meat, beer. I'm Justin. What do you think that paper was right next to the toilet? And we're the hosts of the Drunks vs. the World podcast. You know what? Go ahead and check us out on any social media platform you could find. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, and all the other streaming services. So, uh, we appreciate it. We are Drunks vs. the World. And you know what? Say hi to your moms for me. What do you think? Their links are in the description, so go check them out, you turkeys. Time to agitate the gravel and get back to Coolsville. Somehow he jumped that whole fucking thing. So there was, like, people that had been working, you know, seasonal help for multiple years that were kind of like how Campbell's is. They're, you know, they work seasonal every fucking summer hoping to get brought in. And then they're not getting brought in. And then douchebag off the streets comes in here like, what the fuck? You know? Yep, off the street. I, yep. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> um, so literally no one had anything nice to say about him that they interviewed from the plant. So Uh-oh. these interviews, uh, Frizzo interviewed literally everyone on his shift. And they finally got into a woman by the name of Kelly Cochran. So Kelly Marie Cochran was born on June 5th, 1982, and she is an Indiana native. We're going to be hearing a lot about Kelly Cochran. If you didn't recognize by June 5th, she's a fucking Gemini. So keep that in mind when we go along this case. So Kelly was Kelly was literally the only one that had nice things to say about Chris. So red flag to fucking Frizzo, like red fucking flag. Not only was she, quote unquote, a dear friend to Chris, she was his coworker, his uh, partner in their whatever they did. She was also married for 90% of her adult life. And also banging Chris on the side. So this is a plant mistress. Oh, sure. Okay. So, you know. The plant wife. The plant wife. So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide when I'm going to send you the picture of her. Uh, we'll, we'll just do Okay. <laughs> so, both Kelly and Chris were, they were, ve- they were known as very loud, outgoing, intelligent, very intelligent, um, book intelligent. So, they spoke very well. But they also never called off, very hardworking. And, you know, and this, this plant was like, I mean... It, it was kind of a grimy one. Like, it was actual hard work, you know? So for yeah. for a girl to show up and show out like that, I mean, she had a lot of respect with a lot of the coworkers that they had. He might not have, but she did. She was well-respected in the plant. Oh, okay. Now, was it because she was a plant hoe, or was it because she put in the work? Or both. I mean, what kind of work is she putting in? We'll find out. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, no. <laughs> Just saying. Kelly described her work life as being phenomenal. She loved it there. She, lo- you know, she uh, just oh, spoke sure. so highly. She loved her coworkers, this and that. And her coworkers had a lot of good. Th- she always showed up. She literally had no call offs. 
whatever. But she ba- that's a good employee right there. Right, but she basically she's just coming in. She ba- right. Well, she's trying to come all day at the plant in multiple ways. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! Right. Um. So you know, th- and Frizzo was like, "Wow, you know, this girl really like was open about everything. Like she appreciated." not hearing all the negative about Chris. Like she was excited to hear something a little bit different. So it gave her, you know, it built her case a little bit more. Yeah. Also, Kelly openly told the police during her interrogation that she was married and her home life sucked and her husband was a fat asshole that didn't like to go to work. That's why she showed up to work every day because she had to take care of them. They didn't ask her any, they didn't ask her questions. She just told him, she just offered that information. She uh, she also said rookies, man. she also said that her and her husband her her husband's name is Jason by the way we'll get into that later but Jason had tried to kill her this week and what? that uh, then after he failed she goes because obviously I'm more strong than him and he's just a big dumb idiot then he attempted suicide because he's a weak bitch oh the- fuck you right I can't wait to see what she looks like so Frizzo is like sitting there with eyes just. Googled out like what the fuck, man! Like red you don't, fucking you don't just flag. that shit out. You just don't right. do it. <laughs> Unpro- unprovoked information. Like what wow, the fuck, bitch? What a dumbass. Right. So, Frizzo's like, all right. So I'm gonna call in a secondary officer, and yes, we're gonna, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're. We're going to go ahead and bring Kelly to the station. I feel like she's got some more shit to say. Uh, Maybe, you know, let's get some questions here that might help us out. But regardless, she's off her fucking rocker. We need to talk to her a little more. This this sounds to me like it was in self-defense. Like this is, it sounds like that's where this is going. It's not. I assure you it's not. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So they brought Kelly down to the station. And then they sent two other officers to Kelly's residence because they were going to go find Jason because they're like thinking, oh, shit, he's suicidal. What the, you know, fuck, that could be somebody we need for the case, whatever. So they sent there. And when they got to the door, Jason was there, no shirt on, very heavy set man, sweating profusely in fucking late October in Michigan. So gross, you know, like. Right. Just, I mean, if you can just think of the gluttonous sight this was. Um, that reminds me of Fat Bastard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, wait till you see him. Um, <laughs> oh, Jason, no. Jason was not happy about the visitors at his house. He was fucking irate. The first thing he said when he opened the doors, where the fuck is Kelly? Do you know where the fuck Kelly is? Whoa. Okay, sir. Like, that's the first thing you say when cops come to your house? Yeah, okay. you bold, man. Uh, you can't run. Right. You know that, right? <laughs> right. And uh, so, and both of the officers said that Jason was extremely rude. He was extremely oh, yeah. aggressive. And he was very, very angry at Kelly. Wow. And that was what they put in their reports. So then they left, whatever. And they said, hey, you know, we would really like to bring you guys in for questioning do you have any time tomorrow because technically they haven't done anything wrong you know they just want to kind of ease into it yeah Uh, we just want to talk to you so he goes i don't think i have time slams the door whatever so they leave so then they come back the next day and this time it's frizzo and then another male officer because she wants to see the shit for herself you know yeah oh yeah um 
I would too. And he's basically in the same state. Sweaty, gross. Um, ugh. I I'm sure he just reeks of fucking stale chicken or some shit. I don't know. He just stale really, chicken. Like just fucking hasn't showered in a week. Nasty, like gross. Um, you know what I mean? All right. Yeah. I can't but wait he's to also, see this guy's picture. But he's also aggressive and pissed and just blurting just out like, yeah, he's just angry. And then he said again, where the fuck is Kelly? Do you know where the fuck Kelly's at? And it, she was like, okay, this is what they told me he said yesterday. Why the fuck is he repeating it? Because, you know. Yeah, that's um, weird. Yeah. Well, then, as they're asking him some questions like, hey, you know, do you mind if we, like trying to get into the house, like trying to get them to like talk a little bit more, kind of edging into it, but also being kind of terrified because he doesn't seem like he's mentally stable. Oh, okay. But the fact, reminding you, he said, where the fuck is Kelly? I do you know where Kelly is. Well, then out of nowhere, Kelly just fucking prances out of the back hallway and was almost elated, like manic, happy to see the cops there. What? She was like, oh, my gosh, hi. And like pushes Jason out of the way and was like, they're here to see me. Like, you know, just very oh. like al- almost flirty, like excited to see the cops. Like you should see my face. It looks like I just smelled the nastiest fart. Like, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Why? So she pushes Jason out of the way and she goes, pay him no mind. He's just trying to be my protector. Obviously, he doesn't understand. That was her quote. Pay him no what? mind. He obviously doesn't understand. Yeah. So Jason kind of like tucks his tail between his legs and walks back somewhere else in the house. Uh-uh. And Kelly just in, invite like June Cleaver invites them into the fucking house, all the law enforcement, and openly discloses to them out of nowhere. They haven't even literally stepped four feet into the house and she just starts word vomiting in excessive detail her affair with Chris <laughs> um, in front of her yes. husband yes and they didn't even ask it was unprovoked oh like yeah and it um yeah it's it's wild and Jason is just standing behind her like I just fucking emotionless just like statuesque like I don't know it's it's very it's very weird and this whole scene is actually in one of the documentaries called uh deep north I believe was the one I'll have to I'll have to we'll have to link it dead north I'm sorry dead north this uh because obviously the body cams recorded all this and it he just looks like, he just got a fucking lobotomy or something. He, like, stands in the back and he's just, like, there's no emotion, no facial, anything. It, it's what? fucking bizarre. That is weird. So then she's, like, literally talking about um, ex- excruciating details of her sex life while he's standing back there like that. And <sighs> the the cops are barely inside the door. And then Kelly just offers up the information Chris just left without saying bye. Like, I just, I don't understand it. And she's, like, went from, like, it's almost like she, I don't want to say manic depressive because it wasn't a manic depressive state, but it was very much manic state. And then it was, like, pissed off. Like She had, like, a bipolar moment. Yeah. 
And she goes, he's just treating me like a side piece. And obviously we had talked about that. I was more than that and blah, blah, blah. And I have the text. Do you want to see them? And they were like looking at her like, Jesus Christ, we haven't fucking asked you a thing. <laughs> like, uh, we're t- Right. <sighs> and obviously. I mean, sure, if you're giving it up to us, I guess. Yeah, we'll check it out. <laughs> me- meanwhile, Jason still emotionless in the back. And she just kept like rambling about shit like that. Like, does he not have any emotions towards me? Like, it was just like fucking word vomit. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. Right. But the officer, we haven't talked to him yet. I'm not sure how he feels, ma'am. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? And the, the officer that came in there was really fucking freaked out, to say the least. And uh, he was yeah. just like this. He goes, something is really fucking wrong here. And he kept like... You know, you can see him in the video. He, like, looks at the other officer like, like, uh, uh, what do we do? Like, this is, is this really, really happening? Weird. Yeah. Right. So they have a gut feeling enough to leave. So they end up leaving and they said they thanked Kelly for her cooperation in the matter, blah, 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 you know, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Frizzo was like, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to see if I can get them to the station, both of them, so we can question them separately. She's like, because that whole scene was just really fucking bizarre. So both Kelly and Jason went 100% willingly. Kelly, again, very open, very, quote unquote, helpful and openly honest. And, you know, they asked Kelly, do you think Jason should be questioned? Like, you know, kind of like provoking her, like, do you think maybe like they're they're trying they they kind of have a gut feeling that like maybe he did something to Chris because obviously oh. she's she's not worried about talking about sucking his dick in front of him in front of law enforcement. What? I'll just say that. Wow. You know what I mean? And they say, you know, do you think that Jason should be questioned? And her exact response was, quote, I don't see why he why he would. I don't see why you would. That's it. I don't see why he would. I don't see why you would. Uh, that doesn't make um, sense. What? I'm just saying. So they bring it back up. Um, you paint in the picture that he's a very jealous husband, you know, uh, that he didn't really like you going to work and he thought you were flirtatious and just kind of reiterating like her first initial interview when she went to the plant and talked to her. And, you know, she just kind of interrupted and was like, Jason doesn't want to be involved. He already said that. But he didn't say that. That was 100% Kelly just throwing that out there. Wow. During this interrogation with Kelly, she started talking about, like, the last few dates that her and Chris had had because they were trying to figure out a timeline, you know? And yeah. she said, well, I'm not really sure, but I think that I saw him on the 12th through the 15th. And they said, the 12th through the 15th? And she said, well, yeah, we had dinner after work like every day. It was a normal thing. We always had dinner at his place. Obviously, we can't go to mine. Uh. And, and then she started talking about, in the last four months, uh, about her and uh, Chris becoming BFFs. And they had dinner from, you know, they would have lunch at work. And then all of a sudden they would have dinner and it would be like dinner every single night, you know. And ba- Okay, we all are adults. We all know. That ain't dinner, sweetheart. That's you. You guys started fucking, right? Right. I mean, that's hang, after hang. dinner dessert, darling. Right. Kelly also claimed that 
she, out of nowhere, without being provoked, because she just loves to give info without even being fucking asked. She's so much. Geminis, they love to fucking talk, 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 right? So Kelly claimed that, well, Chris told me he was going to go to North Carolina and that I was going to go with him. He didn't want anybody to go with him but me. Uh, Well, all right. So now we got Terry had talked earlier. His longtime girlfriend had said that Chris didn't want her to go. Well, he he had invited her. She said no. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. That's the spat. Right. So Kelly. Right. The spat. And then Kelly is like, well, he wanted me to go. We'll find out if that's the 100 percent truth here soon. But she also said not only did Chris her exact verbiage was yearn for her to join him in North Carolina. Yearn. Yearn. Yes. Like she's. Wow. Yes. Okay, Shakespeare. <laughs> Take right, this it bitch away. is like en- Encyclopedia Britannica over here. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. A. But also, Kelly swears up and down that Jason, her husband, is 100% cool with their relationship. No. He, he also is 100% cool with her following her fucking vagina energy and taking, you know... <laughs> Her fucking side piece to North Carolina, <laughs> multiple states away, multiple miles. Like he's oh he's so God, cool no. with that. And Frizzo was mm. like, um, you told us that he was, you know, suicidal, that he tried to kill you, that he also was very jealous. What happened? She goes, I never said that. Oh like, no, honey. Like you did. It's this is also in the documentary, and you can just see the what the fuck looks from the the two officers. They were like. Uh, well, that that that's not really what you said. We we do have video <laughs> of this, you know. Just and this is when it happens. This is when Kelly just she straps up. She gets locked and fucking loaded in over share mode, as if we weren't already there. She's there now. She oh. went into again disturbing details about not Chris this time, but about Jason, about how he has cancer. Um, he has extreme mental health issues, so sometimes he's jealous, sometimes he's 100% about things, but he's never stable. And she just builds this whole, like, story around Jason. And just to put the cherry on the fucking top of the bullshit Sunday, because, you know, cherries are really big in Michigan, that's where they're made, um, yeah. or grown. Kelly bursts out, Jason can't even get his dick hard. Oh. Like, I'm telling you, his <laughs> oh, dick no. is like... Is like you. Oh no! This is a quote. Like his dick is like useless. The damn thing like doesn't fucking work. What am I supposed to do? How do I be married to this type of person? Seriously, can you tell me? Ah, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, as she, I am just, not a medical professional, ma'am. <laughs> I cannot as she's tell just you. almost like manic rambling. She's interrupted by one of the officers mid-sentence and says, you know, I had a, I just got one more question. And Kelly's like, yeah. And he's like, is Chris, this is my own verbiage here. Is Chris your only boo thing at work? Is Chris the only one? Like, is he the only side piece you have going on? In the video, Kelly pauses for almost a full 30 seconds and just stares at the cops. Just fucking stares and she says well 
I am sort of kind of talking to this other guy on my shift, but like, it, I, I don't know if it's like really a thing yet. <sighs> and that's where I'm going to leave you guys because <sighs> I, I, this is only the fucking start of where we're going to go with this. Oh, man. Uh, and with the, the plant drama and this, uh, fucking monstrosity that is Kelly. And so I, I just have a random question. What do you think she might look like? I just want to see if you can peg her. What because do I, I feel think like she looks like? I think she I th- looks like a blonde, regular woman. I don't, because I don't I feel think like she's ordin- extraordinary ev- or anything. Because I feel like every plant has one of these. Am I wrong by saying that? Because I'll, you know. I'll tell you as soon as I see her picture. All right. So, I'm going to send you a picture of Miss Kelly Cochran. Uh-oh. And we are also going to be posting these on socials. I'm ready. But, but this is the hot piece of ass of that plant. The one that's fucking at multiple people. Thinks her shit doesn't stink. I just want you to see her. Oh, no, ma'am. That is, is not that- it. <laughs> she, looks like, she looks like a fucking crackhead. Right. So, judging by the picture that you saw of Chris... And, you know, his wholesome girlfriend of long-term, Terry, would you think that's where he would, you know, step out and play around no. for a while? No, not Me in either. a million years. But so, you know what? Uh, Plant life does crazy shit to you. <laughs> I will attest for that. We are going to find that out. So I really was weird about doing a multiple episode case, uh, but... There is so much to this case that I really couldn't leave it out. And I didn't want to, you know, give you guys my manifesto in like a two and a half hour increment. So please join us next week and hear where the fuck this is going to go, because I guarantee you are not going to guess where it's going to go. I already did not guess what she looked like. So I'm I'm already shook. Also, keep in mind, we talked about season two is gruesome, right? It, it's going to be gruesome. Yes. It's going to be gnarly. This case is no exception. Uh-oh. It's going to get real nasty. It's so. going to get real bad. Uh-oh. I mean, by the look on her face, she looks halfway proud of whatever the fuck just happened. So I'm, I'm real curious to know what's going on in that plant. Yes. We're going to post on our social media our event that we're going to next month. We're going to pin it to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, We're going to Fort Wayne Pride, like we said last time. Uh, And we are going to be there the 23rd and 24th of July, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And we also have um, our pit crew from past guests on our previous pod. Um, Billy Zemitis, he is going to be there at the booth with us. So we've gotten uh, a lot of feedback about how much our fans from our other podcasts really enjoyed him being on there. So come hang out with us, take pictures with our backdrop that Lorraine got for us, which is exciting. Yeah. We've, we've got merch. We've got a lot of fun stuff. Um, there's an after party if you're interested, you know, we got, we got lots of stuff going on. So we hope to see you guys there. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, we're just going to leave you with the code of the Midwest because some wild shit's about to pop off in this next episode. So don't 
fuck your coworkers, please. And don't get lost in the snow, because I feel like this is definitely going to be something like that. Ooh, that's interesting. You think that. Um, definitely don't get lost in the snow. Don't get eaten by bears. Lock your doors. Always lock your doors. Stay the fuck away from Kelly Cochran. And we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>